Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> We're rolling. All right. So next time we got to do an ice plunge. Yeah. You told me that we were going to do it today, but I know we're like a little bit behind time, but yeah, I want to check that thing out. It yes. looks cool. Um, so I got, I got sucked into the Instagram marketing. You've probably That's seen it. That's where I see it all the time. Yeah. 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 Um, I must've been talking about it lots because I, I was seeing these similar types of ice baths, cold plunges pop up all over my Instagram feed. And um, it's basically like the entry level you know, simple way to do an ice bath. It doesn't, you know, um, regulate the water and move it around. It doesn't stay cold. You have to just dump ice in. Okay. Um, yeah. How does it work? Cause I, somebody asked me like, do you plug it in? Does it stay cool if you plug it in? Or is it literally just a thing that holds the water in and you make it cold and you just, re yeah, there's no like electronics to it. Eh? Exactly. So the kind that I got is the basic, it basically holds water. Yeah. And then it has like a drain. You can drain it. Um, I bought a bunch of big Tupperware tubs to fill in my freezer so I can make like big blocks of ice. Oh, nice. And then I bought That's a nice. thermometer just because I read you want to be somewhere between like 35 to 60 degrees Celsius is where, you, or not Celsius, Fahrenheit is where you see the benefits of an ice bath. Mm. So I think like the gangsters are like 35 to 45 degrees. That's mm. where you want to be. That's like real cold. Mm. Apparently even between like 45 and 60, you can get the benefits. So I bought a thermometer just so I'm not like winging it. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to kind of get it to 45, but I haven't been able to get it quite there yet. It's yeah. just like 50-ish. It's always nice when you see people like open their freezer and they just have to like pluck exactly. the top layer exactly. of ice, like it's that cold. That's the way to do it. That's what Tyson Steele has. Yeah. He basically bought a freezer and then he rigged up some sort of a device to keep the water cold. And yeah, like it self makes ice basically. Right. The freezer thing's a good idea. That's like if you can set that up because then you yeah. just plug it in, set it at the right temperature. You don't have to do a whole lot. Yeah. And it's, it's like the perfect setup for it. It's just this big insulated tub with a beautiful lid on it. Yeah. So that's like the gangster way to do it. If you, you know, have a bit of money you want to spend and you're like serious about yeah. it and you want it to be real cold. Because Aaron has a deep tub. Like at the condo, like okay. our, our just like a regular bathtub is yeah. like deep as fuck. Yeah. Like we went to her parents' house to like dog sit and their tub is very shallow. So like yeah. if you want to do an mm -hmm. ice bath, like you're getting your waist and your leg, like yeah. waist below, like uh, downward. So your legs are getting the cold part, but in our tub, like you can get everything <laughs> up to your neck. It's really easy just, just to kind of sit there and like submerge yourself nice. right up to the neck. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. So like we'll put ice chunks in there and shit, but it's still, <laughs> yeah. it's not holding it like a yeah. proper ice bath yeah so and i kind of thought about this before i got it because i'm like i want to really think this through i don't want to have this like lukewarm tub that i sit in and I, I was watching some youtube videos and if you go and get ice bags to get the proper temperature you'll need like 50 pounds of ice like wow. you need to get like a wagon and haul right. ice so i watched some videos about how to like make you could even fill ice cream pails with water and put them in your freezer mm. and have like big chunks of ice nice so i made sure i was you know, I, I was going to have an ice bath where I could on a regular basis, have enough ice to keep the temperature cold without going to like the co-op, like every day and spending like 30 bucks on ice. Yeah. So, um, cause I, Aaron and I were talking about that, even just buying like an ice maker machine, like an yeah. ice machine. Like, yeah. is there things that you can just plug in where the thing just shits out ice all day? Yeah, you certainly can. I, I didn't look into how much those are worth and yeah. where you get one, but yeah, you certainly can. So I'm just kind of playing with it. I've only done three so far, mm. but I, I knew it was like, you know what? I just want the entry level one. I'll figure the ice out, keep the thermometer in there. And uh, it's, you can just drain the water, fill it up with the garden hose. Um, it's portable. So you could like pack it up in a little bag and bring it places. Nice. So um, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's one of those things where you hear people, oh, it's addicting. And I mean, we've played with ice baths and cold showers and like, right. obviously we know it makes you feel good, but Bro, it's like actually addicting. Like mm -hmm. Natalia's been doing them with me. And by the end of the day, we're like, 
we like want to do it again. We're like talking like, oh, I can't wait to like the next time. Like, are the ice ready? Because oh. it just, it does, man. Like you laugh through the process. It's kind of fun. It's kind of, it's kind of like challenging. And then when you're done, it does keep your core body temperature level significantly lower. And you just, you just feel good. Yeah. It's like, hey, I got through something hard, you know. I feel what the video was, but I just saw a video and it was like, it was talking about some kind of hard drug. I feel what it was. It's like fucking heroin or just some crazy drug that produces yeah. like these, a certain type of chemical in your brain that like makes it really like addicting and feel good. Mm-hmm. But they said the ice bath will do the same thing, but just mm-hmm. in a healthier way. Like yeah. afterwards, it's almost like that, that runner's high. Yeah. So yeah, it's like you do something, you just feel like supercharged, but it's yeah. like, you don't have to like take heroin. You just go totally. in an ice bath, you know? totally get that same kind of feeling yeah and it's just fun to have a nice little setup outside here like i feel like i have a little pool you know i go out in the back yeah. with my trunks on and my towel and that's sweet it's um you gotta get the sauna right next to it next yeah okay? that's the next plan um but you know there's so many videos like i was watching russell brand talk about it he did it for 30 days and he's like and this is this is how i feel he has a youtube video and if you get into like the wim hof stuff he'll explain how it makes you um develop these like brown fat cells or something you know like you can get into the science of it but it's just a fun little thing yeah this one with the thermal lid which i paid a little extra for cost me 155 bucks you know uh five dollars for a water thermometer that you'd see like floating in a pool like canadian tire and figure out a way to keep like a shitload of ice that's basically it right and you know like it's it's a little bit of work with the way i have it with like the cheap one because as soon as you're done, you got to go fill up all these buckets again, put them in the freezer, and the ice isn't going to be ready for another 24 hours. So right. it, it involves a little more work, but it's fun. Yeah. Oh. And then I think when it gets colder out, like, I'm not going to keep that outside throughout the whole winter. I might, like, set it up in the garage or something. Yeah. But in the fall, like, right now it's tough because, you know, if you keep it in the shade, it's okay, but it's just so warm out that right. it, it's hard. But I think when it's fall, you know, when it's, like, plus 10 out it gets down to like close to zero at night stay like cold the water's gonna stay cool yeah but i'm gonna plan to drain it i think every week or so as soon as the water starts getting a little bit funky and yeah, just yeah. fill it back up so that's cool man yeah it's fun man nice it's fun to try new shit especially after like a run or like a hard kickboxing class like yeah. that's when i love it the most is like when you just feel banged up and you didn't like do a bunch of squats because you don't want to get rid of that hypertrophy straight know? up yeah but like a run and you're like yeah got inflammation to sit in the ice bath yeah know, it does wonders and then also doing it in the morning like just do it in the morning get it out of the way and then you know your body temperature is so cold you're almost like ringing and then like just go for a nice walk if it's sunny with the dog and right. just like naturally get your body to heat up again. It just yeah. it feels good. That's nice. That's the one thing that I kind of kissed goodbye when I started doing this whole early morning teaching. Yeah. I don't get like people are like, oh, you know, wake up in the morning, go for a walk and get the sun. And I'm like, I'm up before the sun. Fuck yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably even in the summer you're up before yeah, the sun. Most of the time. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, I don't really, it's well, whatever. Like I love my lifestyle, but yeah, there's just certain things where like, yeah, I, I used to just love like casual mornings, mm. you know, but I still get it on Sunday, I guess. I like starting my day like that, man. I know it's a bit of a luxury the way I've structured my shit, but yeah. the meditation, the read, yeah. The, the little 10, 15 minute walk with the dog, sip yeah. your coffee, come home. And then it's like, look at your phone, start like getting into work right. mode, you know, but my luxury is like later now. Like I still read every morning, even yeah. at like, cause I, I wake up right at 422. I have one alarm that's at 410 <laughs> and then another yeah. one at 422 and the yeah. 422 is when I actually get up. So why 422 instead of 420? Was it just like, this number feels good to me? Yeah. Well, I, you know what it was? It's like, I, I just had like my automatic, um, like I have a, the snooze button goes off in 10 minutes. So if I set my alarm for 420, it would like go off at four uh, or yeah. If I set my alarm for 410, it would go off at 420. And I'm like, oh, what if I don't wake up from the 420? Like I'll just set a second alarm ah, at 422. I see. I see I so see. yeah, like it's just like, I don't know. I, I'm just so paranoid of sleeping in. Yeah. So I just have like a little thing that works for me. But yeah. yeah. So then I, I still get like probably half an hour every morning of like sitting there reading or like Good. doing a five minute meditation. Yeah. But yeah, my luxuries in the afternoon when most people are like working, yeah. I'm like laying in bed, chilling and yeah. just like walking the dog reading. That's huge, but, man. Yeah. Um, anyways, you got back from BC. How was, how was the weekend? I haven't even talked to you. They're really good. Yeah, yeah it was good. Um, it's tough matchups, tough drive. It's yeah. Hey. Drive. So you took call Kamloops? Kamloops. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, 14 hours or something like that. Okay. So yeah, that's past Kelowna. Yeah. Or no, I think they're like, 
like you kind of veer off a little uh, bit. Like yeah. I feel like they're not too far from each other. Like Kelowna's maybe an hour and a half from Kamloops. Okay. But yeah, regardless, it's a long, it's a long fucking drive. Yeah. Eh? It's well, funny though. Like you get really sleepy in Saskatchewan cause we're so used to it. Yeah. So like driving there, just the ability to like stay focused and concentrated when just going straight for so long. Yeah. Like I was almost falling asleep. Yeah. So on the way there, Vlad had to take over for two hours yeah. um, from like around Drumheller to Calgary. Yeah. But then as soon as you got to mountains, I was like dialed in. Cause yeah. you, got, you got to turn, like you're super focused Straight up, hey? on the way back. I drove the whole way. Like I just yeah. was like super dialed in, in the mountains. I got a little bit tired when we hit the prairies contact lenses in yeah okay. contact lenses in but then we started talking and we just had a conversation like yeah. from pretty much calgary all the way home so nice. I, I was just like yeah, yeah into it but um, that's what i found last year when we drove back from penticton it's like a long ass drive and then you get to drumheller and you're like okay like we're here like we're is drumheller in saskatchewan uh no that's alberta we're like we're almost in saskatchewan like we're almost home and then you get past drumheller and it's still like five six hours and yeah. you're like fuck man it's a long track, yeah. man. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was good. The, the guys had some tough matchups, but it, overall, again, like, like anything, you just learn a ton from it. Yeah. Um, Lucas fought first. Uh, he fought a guy from like a tri-star gym in Vancouver. So mm-hmm. it was like a reputable gym. Yeah. I guess their coach had fought in the UFC once, hmm. uh, once or twice. I forget his name. So we knew he's going to be a tough guy. We didn't realize how big his opponent was. Really? He looked quite sucked back. Like almost like Cody Jerome. Like remember mm-hmm. what the weigh-ins, like Cody looked pretty like just like almost not skinny, but like he was like super lean. Yeah. Super yeah. lean. And then yeah. in the fight, you kind of see him bubble out a little yeah, bit. You're like, sure. oh shit, you got a little bit of size on you. Young Alex Pereira. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then this guy saying, thing like he looked a little sucked back and lucas like didn't cut anything like he didn't have to do so what any was it at what weight um 30 i think it was 140 i think they did a kit was it 145 it might have been 145 140 or 145 okay. i forget exactly what weight he weighed in at so he barely cut he didn't really cut huh. like he maybe just didn't eat for a little bit interesting but he didn't do any of the sweats he didn't have yeah. to go in the tub yeah. um and so in the ring like the guy like i watched the youtube video and like you could really see the size difference. Mm. I'm like, oh shit, that guy was a big fucker. I gotta check that out on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, they're on YouTube. You can check them out. But um, I was impressed, man. Like, look, Lucas was winning the fight until he wasn't. And that's yeah. the thing with the fight game. Yeah. You can win, 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 and then get caught once and then lose. We'll get into that. Yeah, and so like, um, yeah, Lucas was, do- I was a proud of him because he's a young kid, but he told me before the fight that he wanted to land a lot of calf kicks and like some Volkanovski hooks off his low kicks mm. and like return hooks. Yeah. Um, and he did all that. Like I watched the video over and like he's Sick. blasting calf kicks and he's coming back with that return hook. Man, he avoided most of that guy's strikes. Wow. Like he w- when you look closely, it looked like the guy was landing some shots. But man, there was a couple times where Lucas like he hit something and then he like slipped rolled rolled punched punch and then rolled again and it's like every punch is just missing him and i'm like fuck man like you looked very sharp until he got caught yeah but the guy the guy that he fought so he's outside the hotel room this is the the night of the the fight so this is after the fight happened the guy's his opponent's by himself and he's locked into the hotel room and so i'll fucking jump his ass (laughs) but no i i let him in and i just asked him like how you feel man like good good fight like you look sharp um, I think he was cooked because he was like either super socially awkward or you know when you're so big that you don't you can't even look at people yeah, while you talk. Can't make eye contact. Yeah, he just like had his head down, but he was super like friendly, and you could tell he was super into his story and how he saw the fight. But uh, one thing he did say about Lucas was like, man, he's like, I'm really impressed with his striking. He's like, I actually get the better of most people at our gym. Like, it's rare that I get pushed like that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I had a tough time like reading what he was going to do. And he's like, those fucking calf kicks, man. He's like, that's why I switched southpaw. Because mm-hmm. he hit me with like probably four or five hard low kicks. And then you see the guy switch his stance. He didn't even throw one strike. I think once he went to southpaw, wow. the, the first strike he threw was the one that caught Lucas. Damn. Yeah, he was just kind of buying his time. And he went like a little slap and tickle. It just went slap hook and then cross that right uh, left, left hand. cross yeah damn sat and he down. just sat him down and the ref came in stopped the ref it. came in immediately yeah 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 um so yeah, then, fighting man that's so so crazy like you yeah. got it hats off to lucas man like yeah. shit happens yeah keep your head up right exactly they're both yeah. young it's amateur this is the time to like learn shit and again like just for him to be that young and think about i'm gonna hit calf kicks with some volkanovsky and return yeah. hooks and he did that so performed like, yeah he landed yeah. some sweet combos, did some shit he wanted to Sick. do. He just got caught. Yeah, um, he'll be better. He'll be yeah, better from that for sure. Yeah, and then uh, oh yeah, and then he the the cross actually he it landed so flush it put his tooth right through his lip. So he's got like a 
perfect. Damn. He had a perfect like little hole right in his mouth, Damn. like right here where the bottom tooth went through. Crazy. So, yeah, so the, the guy hit him right swollen. on the jaw. Oh, yeah, it was like flush, perfect money. Flush. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then yeah, Chris, man, he had another another tough tough opponent, man. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that Chris said, because I forget what I said, we went for a run on Sunday, and uh, we were talking about like having your footage online. And he was like, oh, like it kind of sucks that opponents can like look at the footage because I have like two full fights now where people can like analyze and kind of watch it. <clears throat> and I just was like, yeah, but like look at all the UFC fighters, like every high level fighter, you have all your shit out there. It, everyone's studying you at the highest level. So you just have to disregard that and just focus on your shit. Yeah. Every fighter comes back a little <laughs> bit different. Yeah. But I was thinking like when I, when I left the run, I didn't say this to him, but I was just like, that's almost like a good thing in a way because it shows how durable and tough you are. Like you just went like two very close split decisions. It could have went either way. So like if I remember watching Cody Drome, um, it's like the fights that he went the decision. I, I didn't get as much of a weakness from him than I did with the one that he lost where the guy dropped him to the body with a knee. Mm -hmm. So in my brain, I'm like, oh, there's my confidence. Mm -hmm. He got dropped with a knee. So yeah. maybe his body's a little more vulnerable. So I'm like, I'm going to focus on like knees to the body. So yeah. I did. But with Chris, you're just, you watch the, you're like, man, this guy's just tough. I'm just going to have a tough matchup. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's what your opponent might see. It's just a tough matchup. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, he got knocked out both times. No, you just went the distance and it was real close both times. It's like guys couldn't get him out of there the whole time. And then yeah. the judges gave the nod to whoever. It, exactly. And so like, it was kind of the guy that he fought was a little bit taller and he was front. It was his, it was the opponent's front kicks and knees versus Chris's punching and his boxing. Mm. Chris was landing way more significant strikes. That guy was just keeping him at, uh, at bay with like front kicks. Yeah. As soon as Chris got too close, the guy would clinch, throw one knee and then they kind of break off. The reason I really thought that Chris was going to win that fight was because it was so damn close already. And the guy nutshotted Chris twice bad ones so the one the first one he got hit so hard chris i think took the full five minutes to recover so like when you get hit in the nuts if oh. you haven't you get an immediate stomach ache oh. so like that really uh dampens the sails in it like for your momentum like you know if you land a big shot and you have momentum on your side and all of a sudden whack oh. you get dropped and you're like uncomfortable he's trying to like stomp his heels on the ground and the crowd saw it we heard it everyone's like oh my mm. god so then they start moving around again the guy does it again fucking drops chris again so chris wow. has to take i don't know maybe like a minute or two this time Jesus. So I actually yelled at the ref on the second one. I was like, point away, like take a point away. Yeah. Like, cause at the rules, so get this, the ref during the rules said that if it's MMA and a guy goes for a takedown and you grab the ropes and it prevents the takedown, immediate point off. For sure. Okay. I Cool. Yeah. What about two bad nut shots where you give a guy a fucking stomach ache? Is that not an immediate point off? Yeah. And so one of the things I was thinking about was uh and i don't know if this is true or not but you if you hear wonder boy and that uh Pereira, P P um the the fucking guy um that jumps off the cage and does all the flips they were supposed to fight on the weekend yeah but that guy didn't make weight so so they didn't end up fighting because so, i didn't see the prelims no so, okay so wonder boy said no i'm not fighting you because okay, the last good. time i i said yes i lost and i'm like i did my job i showed up yeah i love that because it sets the standard it yeah, makes yeah. these these amateurs in a professional industry not act like professionals yeah i don't care who you are don't care how good you are if you show up out of weight super amateur disrespectful yeah. you should literally pay 80 to 90 percent of your purse in my opinion yeah. if you want to show up overweight cool but 20 percent isn't enough 80 yeah. percent. yeah so wonder boy's like i'm not fighting you yeah. so they kiboshed one of the most exciting fights in that card the reason i like that is it sets the standards of people to yeah. not fucking you have to make weight yeah because most of the guys are like, oh, I'm going to be looked at as a pussy. I guess I'll take on the fight. Exactly. Sure. And then guys get away with it and nobody makes weight. Exactly. And yeah. then the guys cutting weight don't suffer as much. Like yeah. Chris had a rough weight cut, man. So like that, I can get into that too. But Chris and Vlad both had some nasty weight cuts. Um, Vlad going to the hospital. Chris puking for like three hours afterwards. Jesus. Off and on. Couldn't get anything down. So like Jesus. they went through that shit. So anyway, going back to the point of the nut shots, like at what point do you have to set the standard of like one, I understand the first one, sure, accidental. Second one, I don't care if it's accidental, yeah. if it's hard enough where the guy has to take time, yeah. 
point off immediately. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. Are you allowing three nut shots? Yeah. Are you allowing three eye gouges? Yeah. What can we get away with? Like, why are you immediate one point yeah. off from grabbing the ropes, but not two bad nut shots? And see, that's the point of being able to take points off. Yeah. Like, of course, you can argue it's accidental, but it happens once, it changes everything. Yeah. So and like, that's what I mean. One accidental, sure, but two, it should be an immediate point because what happens is if you keep throwing inside low kicks and you're you're not accurate, get accurate or stop throwing. Yeah, them. stop throwing because them. you know a nut shot's coming and you're yeah. gonna get a point off, and that's yeah. detrimental yeah. to the fight. That would have won Chris the fight. Do you remember that one time Crow Cop fought in the UFC yeah. and he took like five nut shots? It was it was like, guys, what are we doing yeah. here? Yeah, it was so hard to watch. He was so defeated because of those illegal shots. Yeah. So yeah, like after Chris's fight and then hearing that Wonder Boy thing, I'm like, man, there needs to be a bit more like high standards to avoid that. Like the eye gouging, the nut shots, there's just certain things like weight cutting, like more of the purse needs to go to them. 80%. Think if there was a guaranteed point away every time you eye poke somebody, people would be making so sure that their fists are closed. 100%. It would change the way we we strike. But because like Kurt, we joke about it at our gym. Like if somebody gets hit in the nuts, we're like, oh, you always get one. Well, apparently you get two as well. Yeah. Like, and so, yeah, I remember just kind of like yelling, like, you got to take a point off, man. This is ridiculous. But anyway, the other, the other reason I thought Chris was going to win and not just because of his performance, like I genuinely think it was very back and forth, but at the very end of the fight, his opponent jumps in the ropes and he goes like this, the whole crowd boos him. Really? Everyone's like, boo. Damn. And so like Chris had the crowd on his side. I'm like, oh, fucking let's go. Like, let's get this. And then, yeah, they gave it to that guy, split decision. Man, in my eyes, a split decision is not a loss. It's just like, hey, it was a, you'd call it a tie or something because they just pretty much pick somebody. For the most part, there's the exception, but. Right. Um, And then Vlad, Vlad fought last. Um, and yeah, it's funny because before Vlad's fight, we're like walking in the park after the shakeout and he's like, Hey, he's like, I, when I spar with MMA gloves, like sometimes I pull my shots like we all do. Right. Like he's like taking care of my partner. He's like, I'm scared that when I fight, I'm going to pull my shots and not hit so hard. And I'm like, you'll be fine. Just don't pull your shots. Mm-hmm. Just play for keeps. Yeah. And so yeah, Vlad walks out and he, he walks out to a Ukrainian love song. So it's like a legit love song nice. and it's just quiet. It's piano, like nice singing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Chris, that's when you know the guy walking out to gangster, dude. Yeah. When your name's Vlad and then you come out to that song, I'm like, get me another opponent. Yeah. Fight this fucking guy. Man. And you have a beard. Yeah. So yeah, Vlad, Vlad came out and he did not pull his shots. The impaler. I think the, I have to remember correctly, but I think the first thing he threw, I think he landed a jab, then he landed a two hands and nice. then he went jab overhand and he Beautiful. landed like every right hand he threw, but it, I think it got him right behind the ear. And Vlad's goal was to keep it standing because, I don't know if you know this, in BC, amateur MMA or what they call novice MMA. So anytime you're getting into MMA, your first three fights are called novice MMA, not amateur. Hmm. So the rules are different. Get this. Novice MMA, if you get a takedown, you can't ground and pound to the head. Hmm. It's not even MMA anymore. You're playing jujitsu with body shots. Yeah. And so in my mind, and like Vlad's like, well, I don't want to take him down then because I like, how am I going to finish this? Like, I'm just going to keep it standing. But he said when he hit the overhand, he's like, the double was there. So I picked him up. Vlad picked him up over his head and just runs into our corner and just slams him hard. Matt Hughes. He said as soon as he slammed him, he could almost feel the life like get out of him. And Vlad started teeing off to the body. And at first I'm like, oh, don't waste your energy. But then it's like, you could see the guy starting to weaken. Uh. And I'm like... Keep going, keep yeah, going. Yeah. Fucking Vlad TKO'd him to the body. That's sick. Just through full power body shots, and the guy just was like folded up, and the ref stepped in. Wow, that's sick. Yeah, yeah Adam told me that because I trained dope. Saturday, and Adam kind of gave me the verdict. Oh, okay, that's sick. Man. Yeah, it was dope. That's sick. So, yeah, good for look, him, man. Lost, lost a couple and won one, one, but overall, just good experience for the guys. So tough weight cuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened with Chris, man. He um. He, he did like four sweat sessions, I think, in the tub to then wrap him up in the bed and did like four times. And then he seemed okay. Like obviously you feel like you're depleted and stuff, but then he, he made weight. And then after he just couldn't keep anything down, he would just keep puking. Yeah. Like literally, I don't think he had his first meal until like 1130 at night. So like he couldn't rehydrate and refuel. So he had like a four hour delay in that process when mm-hmm. like you need to like start getting it in now. And then Vlad, he had like, um, it was like, uh, they didn't, they weren't happy with his heart rate. 
it kept like it would kind of go up and then down a little bit up and down and so we're at the we're at the bar doing a weigh-in a bar that didn't know we were doing weigh-in so it's just people there for dinner getting drunk and there's guys standing in their underwear like you see i seen a picture and people were just like this lady and husband were like eating at a table yeah it was so (laughs) um but anyways yeah um the doctor was like okay vlad like i i'm gonna send you to the hospital we're gonna hook you up to like an ecg machine and we're gonna check like your heart and just make sure you're okay he's like i'll call in they know you're coming it should be in and out you just go in you come out he goes there nobody knows who he is nobody knows what to do they're fucking they're treating him shitty they're just telling him to like fuck off basically go sit here and just like leave us alone like they're just they said you're just treating him kind of shitty and he's like the doctor said like i like i got a fight tomorrow i need to hydrate like i need to get this shit going Man, he, he was there till 2 a.m. Over four hours of Vlad sitting in a hospital waiting to get, like, the go-ahead. So, like, the stress that it would have of just, like, you need to be in bed by 10. Yeah. And he's at the hospital till 2. So, like, it was just really frustrating, man. Like, that, just seeing all that and having those guys go through that. But he overcame it and he whooped ass. So Yeah. I was kind of... You know, like training last week, I could see he was already like struggling a bit with his weight and he still had quite a bit to cut. Yeah. I was kind of like, fuck, I hope he doesn't have too hard of a cut. Yeah. Know? I think he cut nine pounds in the one day. Yeah. Yeah. Thursday, yeah. he cut nine pounds. Crazy. Eh? Yeah. Um, well, good for those guys, man. Yeah. It's, obviously, you want to get all the W's, but it is what it is. You yeah. Know? But the nice thing too, you know how we were talking about my contacts were floating around? Yeah. You know how we were talking about um, specific knowledge and like deliberate practice? Yeah. Like the nice thing with like fights, win, lose, or draw is like you can kind of take things away from from the fight and what went well, what 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 didn't, and mm-hmm. so you can have things to work on. Like I know Chris, the last time he fought, there was a few times where he was off balance and he kind of fell, and so in the judges' eyes, I think they saw that, and it it just makes you look a little sloppier, like you know you're off balance. Mm-hmm. So Chris, a big thing for this fight was balance. So I could tell that he was like sitting on his punches a little more, a mm-hmm. little more like lower center of gravity. Yeah. So like his balance was much better. So he had something to work on. Yeah. But the one guy he kept throwing front kicks and knees, and the front kicks like Chris was doing a good job brushing them away a lot. But then later in the round they kept landing so now he's got something specific to work on front kicks yeah don't let anybody get away with a front kick from here on out just dial that in so that when somebody front kicks you you're on them you Mm -hmm. make them pay every time so they're more hesitant to throw it yeah you know lucas maybe it's like southpaw crosses or just head movement like being a little sharper from there like that open stance you know um, there's just always stuff you can like take away mm-hmm. um, from that. Front kicks are hard to deal with, man. They're hard to deal with, yeah. man. Yeah, one of the toughest strikes to see coming. Did you did you happen to watch the UFC? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> while we were driving. Oh, okay. I was I was just like I would glance over every now and then. Yeah, and just kind of watch. But yeah, three things I want to say on that card. I just seen the main card. Um, so Tony Tony Ferguson against Bobby Green. Yep. As much as I wanted Tony Ferguson to win, it's always exciting to see the guard get passed over to kind of the next generation like bobby green's an up-and-comer having a lot of success tony's on his way out and um tony's known as he doesn't really have a style but you know he's known to be like dangerous off his back good jujitsu bobby green's more of like a boxer you know like it was cool to see you know tony was beat up tony like went for like a loose buggy choke on the ground and then bobby green capitalized on that choked him unconscious oh right yeah and that was just cool to see it's almost like seeing crow cop get head kicked right. it's like some like nobody expected bobby green to choke tony ferguson unconscious so yeah that was kind of cool to see um <laughs> derek lewis coming with a jumping bicycle knee yeah, right off the bell clean yeah. that was crazy that was wild man can you imagine like a 260 pound man <laughs> just fucking running at you with a flying knee man like what are you gonna do with that man it's crazy when guys do that, like the whole Jorge Masvidal, the whole... Um, a lot of Brazilians do it. I saw like a compilation of like, uh, uh, like, there's like five Brazilians who started their fight with like a running something. They would Verdun. jump and side kick, yeah, jump front kick, jump knee, like they just run in there and just say, hail Mary, right out of the gate. When Verdum did a jumping side kick to Travis dope. Brown's head. Right in the face. Like yeah. who expects that, right. you know, somebody to take that risk and do something so outlandish. 
that, so that the was devastation crazy. of that is could you imagine if you started that and you just got KO'd? Like you'd be thinking back, you'd be like, what was I doing? Yeah. But if it works, you're like, hell yeah. It's almost like, like it's like the, the more reward comes with the more risk yeah. with everything in life. Yeah, Derek Moose was probably so pumped that knee landed because what if it didn't? That guy could have whooped his ass. Like maybe that guy was way better than Could have got Andre Arlovsky when he tried that on Fedor and just get yeah. punched out. Right. It's, um, he was so happy. And Derek Lewis needed a win because he was up and coming right at that belt contention. Yeah. And then he just lost like four in a row or something. Right. So that was cool to That's see. That's awesome. Gaethje Poirier. Yeah. Good fight. Man. Those guys are such a good matchup. And, and I like that it sets the stage for a third matchup yeah. between them. They each KO right. each other. Man, that cross kick, hiding that high kick behind the cross. Nasty. Works all the time. Nasty. You see it so much. It's so hard to see coming. It's it sure like the, su- it surprised him too. Like Poirier was like, I was surprised he threw a head kick to begin with. Exactly. Like he threw the one. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? That was fast too. The first one. I and was then like, he's like, Jesus, he won't, he won't throw it again. And he rips another yeah. one. And then the next, the third one, he hid behind the cross. And the thing is too, like, you don't see it as much a right high kick against a southpaw guy like right, that. Like, right. like that's a good setup for it. But it seems like it's always, you know, a, a left high kick against like a conventional stance. Right. But that south, that right high kick, like again, just the mirror opposite of Usman, yeah. what, what they were kept talking about Leon on Edwards, UFC. Yeah. yeah, Leon Edwards. But yeah. that was cool to see too. Yeah, man. that like, was slick. I like both those guys. It's always hard when there's a matchup like that, when they're both just dogs, they're yeah. both just good dudes. Yeah. You don't want to see, but I like that, man. I like the respect that they have for each other. Like afterwards, you probably saw the videos, like um, Dustin Poirier is like, Chandler's getting, or not Chandler, um, uh, Gaethje's getting interviewed and Poirier's like standing there. And I didn't see any of he that. He kind of walks up and he's like, man, I didn't see it coming. He's like, it happens, brother. It happens. They like kind of like fist bump and they're just like talking about like the fight game and just so much like mutual respect. And then Dustin, know? I did see one interview after where Dustin was like, hey man, he's like, you know, it, I, I came out here to fight. Like I, I had fun. Not at, You don't always walk away the winner. Like I still won at life. Right. Like I don't take a loss from this. And yeah. it was like the most humble speech and it was like perfectly said. Still. It's like good on you. That's that. That's the mindset to have. It's kind of nice. Like I was gonna see what you think about this. Did you did you happen to see the? Um, I don't know what organization it was. Um, maybe I have it written down. Oh yeah, I think it was Kingpin Boxing or something. I think they put on like a bunch of boxing, like not celebrity boxing matches, but like um, like big influencer boxing matches. I think there might be some real boxers as well. Like, I think this girl can actually box, but she's also, like, a she's got, like, an OnlyFans page. But anyway, she won her fight and just was, like, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think that that organization, like, banned her from boxing. So, they're just, just like, that's, you can't be doing that. This is, like, kids here just flashing your tits. It's just, like, you know, and I, I don't know how. So, she has an OnlyFans, too. Okay. So, first and foremost... If, if your goal is to make money and it's not to be the best boxer in the world, that was the most genius strategy ever. Yeah. You have millions, maybe millions, I don't know how many people, but a lot of people watching you and you just flashed your tits and people are going to be Googling you now and they're like, oh, this girl has an OnlyFans, let's subscribe. And now your monthly income oh, just skyrocketed. Huge. My brother-in-law texted that to me because he, I think he's seen it on Twitter. He's not a fight fan. Right. He's the most yeah. casual guy. So like obviously it circulated on his Twitter. Right. Yeah, man. So it's it's one of those things where like I, you know, you look at a, a fight like the Gaethje and Poirier, like so much respect where people watch that and be like, man, this is what high level martial arts is all about. Like I, I love seeing it. But sometimes I also like seeing the other shit where you're like, this is wild. Yeah. Like a Conor McGregor could be just jumping out of the ring into a crowd swinging. You're like, damn, like this shit's wild. Or yeah. like girl flashing her tits. Like um, uh, Derek Lewis, my balls is hot. Yeah. Like you, there's just these characters that do shit that just kind of throw a wrench in the regular way of things yeah. how they go you know yeah. and you're like but it's kind of funny because she was genuinely happy like you could tell so she, happy. she was like crying she's hugging her trainer she's like oh my god oh my god and she's like fuck it just like i don't even know if she meant to or and it was even it. quick she like jumped around like this and i the, the big cameraman like goes in front and of like course. gets down yeah i just like to watch the people around interact like how they respond to that so funny man <laughs> but yeah like i i just like i don't know a lot of people are like giving her shit i'm like I get it. Like I get, especially with boxing, I think that they're a little more professional than UFC. Like UFC, I feel like if that happened, Dana White would be like, oh, shame on you, but low key, like giving you a bonus, being like, good job. Like our views are through the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fuck the media. Yeah. yeah. Like I genuinely think he probably wouldn't care. 
Well, like the whole Connor with the with yeah. the dolly through the bus. That was like the biggest promo thing, and they were saying right. it was like the biggest black eye on the UFC and their business. And then they use yeah, yeah. use it for all their promos. Yeah. Like, and again, like UFC fighters have done specifically Connor have done way worse things after a fight than that. Like Connor insulted people's family, their wives. He's lying about people's like wife and shit. Yeah. Uh, insul- the wife's in my DMs. Yeah. Like insulting religions. Like that's way more serious to me than a girl showing her tits. Yeah. But like I get it. It's boxing. They're they're they run things differently. Yeah. Like they're not they're not quite like the UFC. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I always find it weird when girls have big breast implants in their fighters. Yeah. It's like. I, I wonder if any, this is probably a stupid thing. You probably can't like pop the silicone if you landed like a hard teep to it, like a hard kick or something right to your tip. Yeah. And are you allowed to strike the breast? I don't think, I don't even know if you are. That's like for, for women, I don't think you can punch the breast. I feel like that's like an illegal strike. Yeah. That'd be weird. I think eh? it's illegal. Just, just you're, instead of aiming at the chin and like the liver, you're just yeah. like left hit, right to like. Cause I feel like it's kind of like <laughs> our nuts. Like you can't hit our nuts and like they, they have like the, the top protect like not protecting but like you know yeah like we, we can wear no shirts whatever but they yeah. got like some shit in there that fucking hurts apparently yeah. when they get a hit so yeah. i feel like that's an illegal spot yeah to hit. maybe so hey with um back to the bc thing is i don't know if you told me this david goggins is in kamloops fighting yeah. fires yeah okay talk about the most humble guy ever like doesn't need to work anymore and he's taken this, I think he makes like $14 an hour or something, something like, like, like just over minimum wage. And he's out working 16 hour days fighting fires. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. And did you see the picture he posted yesterday? Yeah. Of them doing a bunch of like push-ups after? Like, no, I just, one? I just seen oh. a group picture of like six guys yeah, yeah, I or, saw or seven that. guys and I saw you that. know, all just like strong, you know, young guys. And then right. David just shredded to shit did you read that post though no i didn't oh so yeah it's the same post okay it shows like him and his crew yeah and he said like he's like you guys know me he's like i like to like push push my crew and whoever i'm with so like after they were done fighting fires with their bare hands and just like digging trenches and cutting trees down and doing all that hard shit he's like when we were waiting for our helicopter to like take us out of camp He's like, I challenged the guys to like a push-up thing. And like, I don't know, they all ended up doing like 460 push-ups in like 22 minutes or something like that. And he's like, yeah, my guys did not disappoint. Like these are the real motherfuckers. And I'm just like, man, you guys pushed it enough though, eh? Like in the forest fires in BC doing all this hard work. And then they're like, that's not enough. Let's fucking do That's why he's David Goggins, you know? Man, there's some, like, who, who else has a character like that? I mean... His life could be as soft and cushiony as he wants to at this point in life. Yeah. But he just wants to stay hard. Fuck money. I need to, I have a duty as a man. I need to go out there and help. I need to work. Fuck all this other bullshit. Like, it's crazy. Crazy, eh? Crazy. Be crazy to, like, be his wife. Like, she's probably like, David, like, fuck, (laughs) man. Like, I can stay home, you idiot. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. He's like, no, I gotta get this work. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's wild, man. Unless you have anything, I have something to dive into. Unless oh, you have- I was going to touch on the full send. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Andrew Schultz? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, I, um, I've i been paying attention to that recently. Not really before. I feel like the guests they had on before, they were a little bit more like uh, they knew them and they were like kind of excited. But there's been a few guests recently where I remember like kind of cluing in mentally where I'm like, I feel like these guys just didn't do his, any research on this guest. Yeah. Nor do they even care to like truly get to know them like it did seem a little like fake to me it's almost like like clout it's like who's who's hot who's in the media who's famous let's just get them on yeah and so the for those that don't know so andrew schultz like one of the biggest comedians right now um he did the full send podcast and being a typical comedian like you call people out on your bullshit and the full send guys again probably the second biggest podcast in the world just because of what they've done before the podcast um which yeah and so Andrew Schultz is on that podcast and he's calling them all out. He's he, like, I think the first thing he said, like after like mingling a little bit, he's like, are you guys like actually friends? Like, are you guys friends? And they're like, yeah, like, does it not seem like that? And he's like, no, like, I don't see any chemistry here. I, like this. And then they're like, he pretty much just literally said on the podcast, this is a shitty podcast and you guys ask shitty questions and you're fake. Yeah. And he's like, this is this like what, what it's normally like. Yeah, straight up, like called them out, called them fake, 
And like, except for uh, Steve will do it. I think he kind of, I think he likes Steve. He likes Steve. You could tell. You could tell. Yeah. And but Steve's man, not a podcast, but he was just there. He was just there. Yeah. But man, like I, I'm like, that's legit, man. Like I, I feel like, um, they had uh, so much fame and stardom and just started a podcast because they thought it would get them more fame where I think Rogan started a podcast cause he genuinely is curious about people. And I think that's why his is going to last mm. and has lasted for a decade. Like yeah. Rogan's just steadily climbing, keeps yeah. getting awesome guests on, keeps having good conversations because again, he genuinely cares about the guests and he just wants to ask questions. He's a curious guy. These guys, I just don't think they have that. I don't think they have that genuine curiosity. I think they're clout chasers. I feel like I like Kyle Forgard, I think his name is. Yeah. I like Kyle, but I feel like he's like kind of got that business mindset of like right. what what else can we do with this brand that we've built? Yeah. So it's almost like another avenue for their Nelk brand to right. expand. And then but yeah. Totally. I think I think their biggest mistake was not having Bradley Martin there. I think Bradley Martin and Andrew Schultz said it. I think cuz he's like does Brad drive the podcast? And a thousand percent, he drives the podcast. Yeah. Whenever there's like a professional guest on or someone like, I don't know, they have a guest and Bradley's there. Bradley's the only one that's like steering. It's like, oh, he's done him. his research. Yeah, he does. He does his research. He has a good flow back and forth. But I feel like Kyle has spent so much time partying and just being a behind the scenes guy that he doesn't have like that good back and forth. I like him too. But again, I just, it's not his shtick. I don't yeah. like him in like a, like a legit podcast. <laughs> and you know? Steiny like leads these interviews now and he, he's it's like the, who are you yeah. man like he's the worst to lead it man yeah comes from like super wealthy family doesn't like give a entitled, fuck he's cocky kid. super entitled like really insecure too like yeah. like andrew was saying yeah. um but yeah i thought that was i thought that was interesting it just kind of shows you man like again i think in 10 years we're not going to see the full send podcast i guarantee joe, joe rogan's still going to be yeah. doing it because it's a genuine passion of his to get to know people yeah that's what i love about um Andrew doing it, man. It was, it was one of those interviews that was really uncomfortable and awkward, but like, I like thrive off listening to that. And that's <laughs> Especially probably, when you're not in the situation. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah uncomfortable. And yeah. I just love when, and Rogan's the same way when people, they'll call you on your shit. Like they're not just going to go along with yeah. it, you know? And like these people didn't even, you could tell that they hadn't even watched Andrew's yeah. shit. And I love how Andrew was calling out Steiny because some people were like, oh, he was being mean, but I was like, man, he's just being real. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, man. So, so Bradley Martin, did you know he's not with on there anymore? Yeah, I just saw a little uh, post about that. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but I heard Bradley talk about it on. I actually, I haven't really listened to Raw Talk much. Bradley Martin's I podcast. I like Raw Talk. He's got some good episodes. But I listened to Nate Diaz and this, like maybe Adam Twenty Two guy. I listened to a couple of the recent ones. And <laughs> that Adam Twenty Two guy, hey, just gets his, just marries this girl, and a week later he gifts her with like some huge black porn star just to. <laughs> You know, give it to his wife. Okay. Hey, man. This is, do you, do you know the backstory on that? Not So, like, really. he's, he, like, does porn and his wife's a porn star, right. too. So, they already, like, fuck other girls together and shit. Right. But she's never done a, a, a different, like, a guy scene. Yeah. Yeah. With just another guy. She just wait until she was married, eh? This is, okay, this is a crazy thing. Like, it annoys me so much that everybody knows about this now. But this is just, like, the new world we're in. Like... You know, six months ago, it's like, who the fuck is Adam 22? Right. I, I come across him a bit just because I'm like kind of in like the rap world a bit. And he interviews a lot of like rappers. Yeah, but yeah. Um, if you're on Snapchat, which is like the most clickbaity app now, like huh. all of on the main page, they have all of these little like different stories. And it's um, it, the most clickbaity shit, like a girl with a big ass and right. somebody with like an altered angry face. And it's like, you won't believe what she did. And it's like right, famous right. people. It's like, oh, I have to see this, you know? Yeah. But for the last month or for the last whatever, few weeks, it's like Adam 22, what he's not telling you. And it's a picture of like Adam mad. Right. It's like Adam finally snaps. And whenever I go on Snapchat, it's Adam 22 this, Adam yeah. 22 that. Uh, Adam I don't 20, have Snapchat anymore. Yeah. And I'm probably going to get rid of it too, but... <laughs> But it's crazy, like, this guy lets his wife get fucked by this big dude, and he becomes, like, the most um, viral thing for, like, trending thing for, like, the right. last few weeks. 
Like all I hear and see is like Adam Adam Twenty Two is on like all these podcasts yeah. now. Like see, and that's, guys. that's the world we live in, right? Like yeah. it's like I, I wonder how much of it was like he ha- he has a genuine um, attraction to another guy banging his wife, which whatever it's like they, they call him like a cuck. Yeah, cuck. yeah, like if that's your thing, like whatever. But like, is it that, or is it the fact that you want to get famous? Like you you want more brand deals. You want like you want your podcast to grow. So like like him and his wife do you sit down and strategize like how do we blow up like how do we really get like crazy famous or our podcast we could just do the podcast forever like have your only fans blow up like maybe you just bang some dude or is he is it a genuine place of like this just turns me on and i just want this guy to like give it to my wife well he explains how him and his wife sat down and it was like a business decision of right. like look. see like that that's fucked up to me if it like i find it a lot more normal like not maybe not normal but like um uh, okay, if that's just like a preference, you just get turned on. You're just a cuck. But if it's a business strategy with the person that you apparently say you love because you married her and you're just going to give her up sexually for a business strategy, that's where I'm like, oh, you're a, you're a low life. Like that's where I'm like, okay, you're kind of a, a bum. Yeah, it, it's, it's super messed up to me. Yeah. But he explained it on Bradley Martins and he's like, look, you know, me and my wife sat down. Obviously, we've done like a bunch of different scenes together and we're like, okay, she's 32. We want to have kids in the future. What can we do to really like, you know, take things to the next level? Cause like, you know, a uh, woman in her late thirties as a porn star, for the most part, you know, like you're kind of on your way out and what can we do? And then they came up with that as a plan and they're like, you know what? Like this, she's probably this like, might this blow is up. a great idea, yeah. honey. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they planned it like that and it, and it blew up way bigger than what they were imagining except for he, I don't know, man. He, he's, he's a bit of a degenerate dude. Like for sure. And he was explaining, he's like, it sounds so crazy to people, but like people don't understand that like me and my wife do porn. And he's like, I have sex with a new girl, like every week on camera, like me and my girl do the shit with other women together. And so he's like, from our standpoint, it's not that crazy, but the clickbait stuff, it comes up as crazy. But I like how I I don't like this Aiden Ross dude. Aiden Ross was talking to Adam 22 and they brought like Andrew Tate on. Oh, and Lena, I think her name is Lena and Adam and Aiden were like talking and then Andrew came on and they were like asking Andrew what he thought of it and and, and he was even joking Adam 22 was saying like hey Andrew like would you come like have sex with my wife like for our next like maybe all three of us could do it and Andrew was being really respectful but he was just like no like you could man you could tell Andrew Tate is maturing so much now like he's a lot more in the camp of you know, like be a respectful man, have, you know, be a man of virtue, like have a family, have a wife. I don't want to sleep with your wife. There's not a dollar amount you could pay me to sleep with you and your wife, but like all power to you. But like, you know, that's not right. And however he articulated, it was like pretty brilliant, but like, um, yeah, I actually saw him talking about marriage because I, I think Candace Owens I had just him finished on. That one. I didn't listen to it, but I know yeah. I just saw a clip where she was like, uh, you know, what do you think about marriage or something? He's like, if I was, if this was in my twenties, like I would have been like, it's stupid. Like, yeah. you, like there's no reason to sign that contract and have the government involved where he's like, now I've, I've changed my mind. He's like, I think it's a beautiful thing to like spend your life and commit in that way, like commit on yeah. paper and like this symbolic thing that's like locking you together. Man, if you have a certain opinion about Andrew Tate, listen to the three-hour conversation with Candace Owens and Andrew Tate, and also listen to the interview with Tucker Carlson. They're both recent. Andrew has like a very level head, and like when you showed me the first time I heard who Andrew Tate was, you showed me a video, and the first thing I said was, "This guy's a fucking idiot." But all of these videos that initially started circulating, like he was pretty big in the UK like a decade ago, and then it started to come into like Western world, and. Like, you got to think, like, he's 35 now. He was 25 when he was first doing all this shit. Man, if you went back to some of the stuff I did and said when I was 24, like, I wouldn't agree with that. And I'd be, frankly, quite embarrassed. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. With what we did when we were in our low 20s. Yeah. Going to the bar, just a drunken swine, saying dumb shit, bad opinions. Yeah. You know, and if you go watch videos of him from 10 years ago, which are the most popular ones circulating, he has countless hundreds of hours doing podcasts personal videos, you'll be like, this guy's a maniac. This guy's crazy. This guy is um, misogynistic. This guy is bad for culture. But if you listen to him now, it's like, okay, we, we were, we all grow, we all develop, we all mature, we all change our mindsets. And like, he's so level-headed and like articulate and smart. Now, if you listen to him, you're like, man, 
this guy's not as bad as I heard as far as the hype, you know? Do you know what I got from that Tucker Carlson video? And this, I got a few things from it. Um, I, I didn't know how dirty they did him and with the language they used. So like a lot of people, when they hear Andrew Tate, they think that he was selling humans into the sex trade because the, they labeled human him trafficking. a human trafficker. Yeah. When I hear human trafficker, I think of the movie Taken. The worst shit. I think that you're you're abducting, you're getting people, and then you're selling them into the sex trade. Like that's where my head goes. I'm like, that's a vile, evil thing to do. And I think if you do that, you should be shot. That's like the worst of the worst. But what they put under the banner, the under the roof of human trafficking, was the fact that he was managing girls' TikToks and getting a percentage of their money. And he had like they were on. Um, they were on like webcams, yeah. free to go as they please. Like they could, they they had their own cars, they had keys, they had total freedom. But he would get a percentage of whatever they were doing because he was the manager. He did nothing illegal. It was all legal. Not one of those girls came out and said anything. But like again, when you look at comments, it's like, oh, like how much did you make off like selling this girl? And you know, I'm like, man, like that's that's like a. That's really like harsh language for what he was doing. Like he's like running like a like an online brothel, but like again, totally like legal with where he was doing it. And I'm like, look, you can like hate him all you want, but I mean, the word human trafficker, that's pretty intense. That's like me and you getting a fist fight outside a bar, like a mutual fist fight, and like someone just labels it as like a murderer. Jesse like murder attempted murderer with her. I'm like, I didn't attempt to murder him. We got in a fist fight. Yeah, he called my he slapped my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Ass. Yeah. Like this guy like disrespect. We got in a fist fight. It was like a mutual thing. We stood out and yeah. duked it out. And then the, the you know like oh Jesse like the headlines is like uh, attempted murder. And then it's like that would look pretty bad on me. And so he's like, man, they sure like took that and ran yeah. with it. And that's the thing. If you're somebody that don't doesn't know who Andrew Tate is and you see a 30 second video on TikTok of something Andrew said when he was 23 years old and then you see some article come up andrew tate and his brother human trafficking you're like fuck this guy send yeah. him to hell yeah. fuck jail send him to hell but it's like if you listen to like countless hours of him now but but yeah he's like the case right now that they have um we they haven't found any evidence or proven anything against us the people that are the so-called victims are coming out and over and over saying hey they did he didn't do anything andrew and his brother are great guys like they're innocent but he's like the state is basically saying that these girls are mind controlled and we right, can't right. take their word for it. So it's just the state trying to punish him. Right. But he he talks about it more in Candace Owens' interview, and it's like it's so like frustrating because it just shows that if you're a threat to what he calls the matrix or you know the the, the cultural message that they're that they're trying to push, you can be the nicest guy who's never done anything wrong, and they'll still pin you as guilty. Yeah. Like. You're not safe. If you want to be like big and have a real message that gets out there and it's not in line with the global agenda, you're not safe. Right. And it's and just the, crazy. And the one thing that like he probably did to himself was like, man, he did have some videos that were like nasty and harsh and like he's, he's insulting the government. He's like, he, and a lot of it's trolling, but it still is what it is. And so like you, you know, you kind of bit off, you, you attack the, the biggest gangsters in the world, the yeah. government. Yeah. They have endless amounts of money. They'll print money out of thin air. They have, they, they have everything they need to, ta to destroy almost anybody's reputation. And you went directly at them with like insults, mockery. Yeah. You know, you're the fastest growing person on all social media platforms. And they're like, let's stop this buffoon. Yeah. So like yeah, totally. in one sense, yeah, like I, I like a lot of his message. A lot of it's awesome. But I'm also like, man, you were dumb enough to fucking go at the biggest yeah. gangsters in the world. It's like me going against the mafia and all of a sudden they shoot me and I'm like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like, what do you mean what the fuck? You were taunting them. Yeah. And Candace Owens plays some old videos that are like, like some of his really on controversial videos. Uh, and it's kind of awkward because it's them too and she plays it back and you could tell when she's, when they're done, he's like, to be quite honest, like I'm quite embarrassed about this. And saw, yeah. obviously if I could go back, I wouldn't have done it this way. And like, right. this is just something that I now have to live with. And I understand people are going to see this and judge me on right. it. So it's, it's, again, it's that thing. It's, this is the age we live in, you know, yeah. it's like you, you're on Facebook, you know, uh, venting about your whole life and 
10 years later, you look back, it, you're probably going to be embarrassed. Right. But it's like everything is just out there and that's how, that's the world we live in, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it's funny because like, yeah, I mean, you, you do like a, um, like a history <clears throat> check on like the, the current president and you'll see him like blatantly lying about shit that he didn't need to lie about. You'll see him like sniffing kids. You'll see him like kind of grabbing them inappropriately. But like, again, he's got the most powerful position in the world. You're reptile. Yeah. You know, but it, so it's like everyone kind of has like dirt on them at some point in their life. But yeah. so, certain people were like, he's fine. He's old. It's leave yeah. him alone. This guy will like burn him at the stake. Yeah. You the know? president's son, Hunter Biden, like does crystal meth and like has prostitutes and drives yeah. like 160 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, dude, one, one other thing on him, he did motivate me to go to the gym the one day because I watched the Tucker Carlson interview. And then I'm like, I just my whole feed was like a bunch of like Andrew Tate shit. And there was one video and he even said it on the Tucker Carlson video because he said like uh, boys will act in accordance to their feelings. Men don't. And he's like, I'm not saying that men don't acknowledge their feelings, but we just do what we have to do regardless of how we feel. Duty. Duty. It's your duty. It's your You have to do the thing. So he's like for this interview, if I woke up sad or sore or angry and I was flustered, I didn't sleep. I don't care. I'm showing up because I told you I would show up. Yeah. And so like I, the one day I, I had already done kickboxing and I was like, Oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to chill. I'm not going to work out. And then I keep hearing like Andrew Tate just talk about like that, that feeling thing, <laughs> like push that shit aside. Yeah. Cause if you just wake up every day and go off how you feel, you're going to be a loser. You won't do anything. Cause most people, their, their fallback is to just chill. I want to be comfortable. I don't want to do the ice bath. I don't want to go lift weights. I don't want to do a leg day today. I don't want to go run. So I'm like listening to this and I'm like, I shut it off. I'm like, I'm going to the gym. Guess what? I felt fucking great after. I almost had a day where I was just going to listen to my feelings. Yeah, yeah. And then I just was like, I'm not doing this shit. I just went to the gym. And so like, you know, a guy like that, it just the way he words things with that masculine tone. I respond well to that. Like, I think that's like, I get some people don't like David Goggins. They don't like uh, Rogan. They don't like Andrew Tate. I like that masculine, that energy sometimes. And that message, it fires me up. If there's something in my DNA, that's like, I need to hear this shit. I need to hear, like, push your feelings aside and just do what is your duty, what you're meant to do. Do you want to be a boy or do you want to be a man? This is what men do. This is what boys do. And I'm like, shut the fucking phone off and just go to the gym. It resonates with a lot of young men. Me too. You know? And I think overall, that's Andrew's biggest message is like, especially now. Yeah, yeah, it's not sure. like fuck this toxic toxic masculinity thing that's been going around with this liberal culture. He's like, it is essential to have masculine men in our culture, and if you push this liberal agenda of like all all guys, it's okay to just act how you feel, and it's okay. That's when people rape. That's when guys rape people because they're acting on their feelings. That's when guys sexual molest kids because they're acting on their fucked up feelings. It's right. when guys shoot up schools because they're mad. He's like, you need to have that masculine excellence, as he always says. He he always uses the phrase masculine excellence. Yeah, where it's like, no, these are dumb thoughts. These are mind chatter. I need to like get my life in order and I have to like take care of people and I need to work hard and I need to, you know, and like that whole like masculine message that he pushes in a non-toxic way is like so important, man. Did you hear, so um, slightly changing topics, but you said... um, uh, like uh, you said, some like molesting kids, like when we weak, weak men that you know always listen to their feelings, like they'll more likely to do dirty shit like that. But I'm watching this video of a of a guy, a predator, like a child predator, um, a pedophile, just sick fuck. They asked him what he looks for in a victim. The guy said, "I look for a weak father because I know if I." get that kid and I make him do whatever sexual thing I want him to do, that that dad is not going to hunt me down and kill me. I'm looking for weakness in the family. And so the guy that made the video, he's like, Hey, all you dads out there, don't be weak because your kid is now a target because of your weakness, Mm -hmm. because of what your life choices made you uh, just a really weak individual doesn't stand their ground. You don't have to be a big jack guy who can fight. You just have to have a good eye contact, a good handshake, and just be like a, a guy that looks after his kid. And so same thing with uh, priests in churches. 
They were interviewed. What do you look for in a, in a victim, like in a kid? He's like, I look for a family that has total blind faith that the church would never abandon them. The church would wow. never do anything wrong. And we know those people are out there. They're just so blind to anything that the, their priest is basically a religious figure that just could not do any wrong while their kid's getting molested right behind their fucking back. But it's like if you're a dad who like has that social awareness and is like kind of questioning things and you're watching how they're interacting. Like, bro, if, if I went to church and I saw a priest um, interact with my kid the way Joe Biden does with some kids, you're going to get a sit down with me and I'm going to stare you right in the eye. We're having yeah. a serious conversation. Yeah. And no matter what you say to me, probably still going to leave your church. Yeah. I just don't like that. That's 100%, inappropriate. 100%. Don't care who you are. Yeah. Inappropriate. You can say it's fine. It's just how I am. I'm not blind to my senses. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. It makes the kid uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't like it. So yeah, it was fascinating to yeah. hear though. So it's like you, you, you literally listen to the predators. They're like, we're looking for weak men, yeah. weak families, blind faith. It's like, man, you, you just never know. Like people Crazy. in their family, it's like uncles will do that to your kids. Like you just have to have that like sharp eye to just be like, I don't like this. Something's going on here. And like have a bit of fear installed. Cause yeah, the guy was like, if I see a kid that like might be a target, but then like, you know, they're at the playground and, but their dad looks like he'll kill me. Yeah. I'm not touching that kid. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Jocko Willing's kids aren't going to have any issues. <laughs> yeah. And just to end it on a dark note, cause that's kind of where where we're at i um i went and seen a movie natalia and i went on friday to see a movie haven't seen a movie in probably four years there's not a whole lot of good ones out but we went and seen the sound of freedom oh it's all about that yeah 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 Yeah. so it's yeah speaking of human trafficking it's based on a true story i'm not going to give away like many spoiler alerts here but i kind of know the gist of it but yeah it's a true story of these two kids that get abducted and like the way they get abducted by this these people come like right to the home and it's like they, we think your kid has tat. It's this woman. We think your kid has tat. It's like in Honduras or Mexico or something. We think your kid has talent and like we want to like. There's this like star search show and like we want to take pictures of them and they might make this show like. Wow. You know, and the dad lets them go and he goes to pick them up later and it's just like an empty building. And anyways, like it's a crazy. It's a crazy. Movie. I'm yeah. getting the chills just thinking about it because the guy that goes on the mission this like guy that sacrifices his job with the fbi to like go and rescue kids is like the most courageous motherfucker ever mm. and he's like a real dude Damn. and it's a crazy it, it shows you the the it gives you faith in humanity for like what him and people are willing to sacrifice to like put an end to this right. but it also shows you like how dark this world is and what actually goes on yeah like the sun is out people are playing people are cleaning their yards and there's these sick fucks out there yeah. that are like picking up children off the street yeah. and putting them in shipping containers and shipping them to another side of the world and selling them to like Wall Street business guys Real to like human go to Tijuana for a weekend. Yeah. And like, man, yeah. it's weird. Like I'm almost like cracking up thinking about it because it's so fucked and like yeah. trying to imagine what some of these like parents go through and the kids, did like you, a little boy. like Bro, did you see the video... Um, Tim Kennedy posted. So it was right around the time when Sound of Freedom came out. And he posted a video and he just, I think the thing just said like, this is what pure evil looks like. Mm. And it's a guy walking up to a motel. He had to walk up like a, just one flight of stairs, like a little motel in, in the US. And that's one thing that I have heard on Sound of Freedom was like a lot of these movies, they always outsource where the evil happens. It's in this country. Mm. It doesn't happen in the US. We're the good guys. We go help. We go send troops over mm. here. But they're like, don't forget, that shit happens here probably more than most countries. But we just, we kind of put the spotlight everywhere else but, but Homeland. But anyway, the video that Tim Kennedy posts is a guy, a real human trafficker, with a duffel bag with a kid, little girl stuffed in it. Bro, the bag is like this big. It's like, it, she's, she's probably just like fucking scared and I just was like and yeah Tim Kenny straight up he's like we shoot these people that's what you do there's no court case you don't need to unwind their psychology you don't need to ask them about their childhood you shoot get them. rid of them you shoot them and I was like yeah yeah that's why you're that's why you exist guys like you bro there's videos dark man of kids just playing on the street 
and guys just run up on a bike, pick the kid up, put him between them and yeah. drive away. Yeah. And the kids are sitting there with their skipping ropes, like looking around. Bro, have you ever seen the video? This mom is a fucking legend, bro. Or I don't know, mom, just this, this lady, this woman. It's, I don't know where it is, but this, this little girl comes up to her stand. She's like selling fucking coconuts yeah, or some shit. Yeah. And she's like giving her shit. And bro, you can see that something bad was about to happen. So she's interacting with this little girl. And there's a car right here and a guy right here. And he's kind of circling. And the door all of a sudden opens. Like he's literally ready to just shove her in the car, drive away. away. You never see that kid again. It's like in Brazil or something. Yeah. But the girl sees it happening. And so she like quickly walks over by the mom or by the little girl and like literally saved that little kid's entire life. And the kid didn't even know what was like happening. Just having a snow cone, you know, she's like, why are you still here? She's like, it's okay. Just keep walking. You know, bro, there's something like 800,000 kids in America that go missing every year. It's dark, man. It's dark, man. You, you, you think you, you think like, how could people do this? Like it, you could be a bad person, but you could never be that bad. Like how could, like you were a kid once, like you, you know, people who have kids, you know, it's, it just shows you the evil in this world. And it just, it's a good lesson to just learn to like, be aware, like don't walk through life oblivious. Like even my girlfriend, like, you know, when you're walking down the street in Saskatoon or you're in Vancouver, it's like, keep a head on a swivel. It's like, don't be delusional and just think la di da di da life is like, like keep your head on a swivel and be aware. They actually interviewed a bunch of like, uh, I don't know what type of criminal they were, but just criminals in general. And then we'll, we'll wrap this up. But they, um, they interviewed a bunch of them and they were like, they were just standing in like a crowded area and they were going to spot the victims. Every single criminal spotted the same victim. They were all looking for the same thing. Hood up, no eye contact, uh, very little confidence, the shoulders forward, just kind of slouched, uh, headphones in. Like ju- there's just certain things that they're looking for. So even if you're going for a walk by yourself or you're walking your dog at night, like posture up. Like if you see someone, like look at them and then look away. Cause they said what they don't like is direct eye contact. Cause that usually tells them that you're going to scream and put up a fight. But if you're just like a, a victim, head down, timid, scared, you're just going to freeze. And then they just put you wherever they need to put you. Yeah. And eye contact is a form of strength. It's like, I'm not a cowardice. Like I'll look you in the eye, right. you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. Man. Yeah. I'm glad we finished all that instead of started on that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Uh, what do we got? Episode 16? 116? What did I say? <laughs> 16. Did I say Episode 16? 16? <laughs> ha! Episode 116. 116 think, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh,